0: Hi, everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you so much for being with us here today on December 26th, 2023. I hope that everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to your families. Uh, Thank you so much for your support Here with Lockdown Blue Devils, I've been able to come back home to North Carolina to spend some time with family here and super excited to be here throughout the week. Excited to bring you new exciting editions of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast where we talk about everything going on in the life of Duke basketball and Duke athletics. A big-time football bowl win for the Duke football program. We'll talk about that throughout the course of the week and so much. But today we want to focus on this Duke basketball team, a 10-day layoff in between games for Duke. What does that look like? We'll talk about some 2024 goals and things that we're excited to see with our buddy Kevin Conley, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. So uh, before we get into any of that, however, I do want to let you know we would love for you to go and subscribe to this podcast. Wherever it is that you get your podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and written review. Also watch our show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. We really do appreciate all of your support. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Here he is, our good friend, Kevin Conley, from Ball Durham, joins us once again on the show today. Kevin, I hope that you and your family have enjoyed the holiday season. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Thanks for having me, Jay. Yeah, it was a blast and uh, ready to get back into it here.
0: All right, let's do it, man. Here we are. We're talking about the Stoop Basketball team here we are at the uh, the break portion of the schedule. This Duke team was last seen up in your area at Madison Square Garden on the 20th. A very impressive win over Baylor. They do not take the floor again until this upcoming Saturday, December 30th against Queens and what will be Duke's final non-conference game of the season. We got to unpack the Baylor game, though. What stood out to you?
1: Uh, a lot did. I, I think the the first, what, 12 minutes of that game, probably was the best 12 minutes this Duke team has played all season. No doubt. Um, th- then you have subs coming in, some foul issues, and um, and also Baylor's a good team. Let's not forget that much as well. Baylor is a very good team and will certainly be in the mix at the top of the Big 12. Um, don't let that surprising blowout loss against Michigan State fool you, but um, I think you have to love Duke. They, they finally showed that they can take a punch, get back up, and throw a punch. Um, talked about coming off the Georgia Tech loss, side. we weren't going to learn that much about this team against Charlotte and Hofstra. Um, I did take some really good, positive things away from that Hofstra game, but um, coming away a lot more impressed after their win over Baylor.
0: Super impressive victory for the Stukes team. As you mentioned, that first like 12 minutes or so was remarkable, and in a lot of ways the defense – set the tone. It's a Baylor team who had been one of the top offensive teams and still remains one of the top off of offensive teams in the entire country. What's so impressive to me, Kevin, once again, second season under John Shire. How about this defense that we continue to see in uh, from Duke, in particular, 11 games so far this season, that 8-3 and three record for the Duke Blue Devils. But Duke is now 11-for-11 11 11 and holding their opponents – under their season scoring average. So however many points per game the opponent is averaging each season, Duke has held them below that. And those are some pretty good offenses that Duke has already seen this far, mainly Baylor there at one of the top of the country.
1: Yeah, it is impressive. And I think um, this team, we thought maybe their offense could be a little bit better than their defense coming into the season because you were trying to fill a, a significant hole with Derek Lively leaving. Um, And just having players uh, back for second, third, and and fourth season when you look at Jeremy Roach, um, it really hasn't been the case. Um, But once again, John Shire, um, he's been able to coach defense into this team, and and that's a a major reason why that they are 8-3. and
0: Really excited to see how this team can continue to improve defensively. On the interior, of course, it was Ryan Young stepping up because Kalfa Felipaski goes to the bench with foul trouble against Baylor. Everybody else has to kind of step up on that end of the floor too. Mark Mitchell has been known throughout his Duke career as being a tough defender, and now we're seeing these freshman guards in Caleb Foster and Jared McCain who we didn't know as much about how they would be as defenders at the college level. And to be fair, it is still just – an 11 game sample size. So we don't know as much as some of their teammates, but what we do know is that they feel like they're getting more and more comfortable. Jared McCain spoke to that as much with Andy Katz immediately after that game ended against Baylor. Uh, But yeah, I think the guard progression on the defensive end of the floor uh, over the next few games and weeks is going to be important. Kevin.
1: It is. And Tyrese Proctor coming back is certainly going to aid in that you would imagine. Um, It's always a tough transition for players, no matter how highly they're touted in recruiting rankings, making the jump from um, AAU and high school ball to the college level. And I think that Jared McCain has finally now has had a really good game against a really good team. Previous to Baylor, most of his good games came against those mid-majors and he struggled against the high majors. Um, and you're like, all right, like when is he going to prove that he's going to have a really big time game against a good team? And um, he carried his momentum from the Charlotte and Hofstra game right over here into Baylor um, and clutched three pointers, two in the second half, one um, that I think got Duke back within one with about 12 minutes to go. And then obviously the dagger at the end of the game off the assist from Ryan Young. Um, and then Caleb Foster. He had the big flashy numbers against Michigan State, hasn't had as many flashy games since, um, but it feels like he's being uh, utilized as a real true role player um, that can give you um, 20 to 30 minutes off the bench, and it can also give you anywhere between 7 to 15 points if need be. So um, I think this Duke team is pretty solidified in the backcourt. The questions, at least for me, still remain in the frontcourt, but you have to tip your hat to Ryan Young, like you said, uh, teeing up that question, um, he was phenomenal in the final four minutes after not being very good when he was in the game in, in the first half. So um, I've I come to i come to the realization that for for Ryan Young, um, he might not be very good when he's on the floor if the game's uh, 32-29 and there's still eight minutes to go in the first half. But um, being a captain on this team, being a veteran, if he's in late in the game, you have to trust he's going to know what to do and make the right play to help Duke win and that's exactly what he did against Baylor
0: a bit of a longer break now for the Duke basketball team again 10 days until we see them in action again uh, we'll continue our conversation after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils <laughs> All right, lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, patience, and all of the drive. It's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors says everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. We'll begin to move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils alongside my pal Kevin Conley, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. I'm JJ Jackson. Kevin, we move forward here on today's program, and I want to talk a little bit more about the guard play for the soup team in particular, we can kind of shift our focus to more of the offensive end of the floor because, as you mentioned a little bit ago, Tyrese Proctor's return is coming. We expect him to play this weekend against Queens. Uh, it was said after the Baylor game that had it been an NCAA tournament game or had it been a, a game with you know championship consequence, Tyrese Proctor would have been out there on the floor Playing. Duke held off. They're giving him the extra 10 days to really get ready, and then he's going to be back out there. But Caleb Foster's play, of course, he had that big game against Michigan State. and the games since, he's had a lot more time on the ball as a primary ball handler for the Stoop team. And uh, we saw it last season with Proctor. The more reps Proctor got in game experience, he got better handling the basketball. I think that's probably going to be the case for Caleb Foster, too.
1: I think you're right. When Tyrese Proctor is back, John Shire is going to have three players that he's very comfortable with the basketball on his hands. Jared yeah. George, Tyrese Proctor, and now Caleb Foster. And you look at the numbers for Caleb Foster since Tyrese Proctor got injured, and I will count the Georgia Tech game considering Proctor got hurt in the opening minute of that game. Foster has played just about 30 minutes in every game since then. He played 36 against Georgia Tech, 29 against Charlotte, 28 and change against Hofstra, and then was on the floor for 33 minutes against Baylor. So, um, yeah, it's valuable experience. Um, and you also have to say he has a road game now basically playing 36 minutes against Georgia tech two home games and then a big time neutral site game and arguably the most famous basketball arena in the world in Madison square garden against a really good Baylor team. So, um, yeah, I think Caleb Foster is progressing along. Um, I still think what I thought in, in the preseason, at least right now that he's probably a two year player, especially when you look at the players Duke has recruited, um, for next season, none of them are real true point guards. So, um, That always gives a hint at what could happen with the current roster. But, um, yeah, I think Caleb Foster is going to continue to excel. Um, It's going to be interesting, though. There there is a difference that no matter um, how many good teams and elite teams you play in the non-conference, there's always a little bit of a difference in conference play. Things get a little bit tougher. Um, The schedule is more of a grind. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how these freshmen carry their play over from the non-conference play into conference play.
0: And then. Tyrese Proctor comes back for the Duke basketball team. Mm -hmm. So how exactly do you juggle all of the guards that are expected to be in John Shire's lineup? What do you think that looks like, Kevin?
1: That's a very good question. And it's the reason why John Shire gets paid all the big bucks to try and figure it out. Um, Because let's be honest, the offense has looked better since Tyrese Proctor has gone out. Now that's not an indictment on Tyrese Proctor. I think, This Duke team certainly got a wake-up call after losing against Georgia Tech, and John Shire and his coaching staff went back to the drawing boards to try and figure some things out. So you hope they're still running the same type of stuff with Tyrese Proctor on the floor. Um, But I'm going to imagine Tyrese Proctor goes right back into the starting lineup and Caleb Foster goes to the bench as a sixth man. Now, it certainly lengthens your bench. It makes you a much deeper team. Um, You probably won't see as many minutes from T.J. Power, although those came down um, over the last couple of games. Uh, I think the biggest question is Jalen Blakes. I There's a role for Jalen Blakes on this team. Just the toughness and tenacity he brings to the floor every time he steps on the court. I said this, I think, last week or two weeks ago on your podcast, that when Tyrese Proctor comes back, there still has to be a role for Jalen Blakes. There will still be a role for Caleb Foster and Jared McCain um, and obviously Jeremy Roach. But Jalen Blakes has to get some time out on the floor just because – of what he brings to this team, the intangibles he brings to this team when he's out there.
0: It's going to be interesting. You've got one more non-conference game this Saturday against Queens, and then we jump back into ACC play. Oftentimes we kind of view these non-conference games where you can get the younger guys a little bit more reps, a little bit more experience. The bench has been shorter for the Stuke team. Christian Reeves, a player that we are really excited about this season, is hurt. We just really haven't seen a whole lot of him so far this season but it feels like we've only really got one more shot Kevin until we get into those kind of meaningful ACC games
1: well the Christian Reeves thing just boggles my mind it always feels like he's hurt um no one really dives deep in- into um questioning what happened to him in John Shire's press conferences so um that certainly uh always makes me scratch my head but um No pun intended, me scratching my head at that (laughs) point right right there. Uh, But you look at Queens, very bad defensively, very bad. Um, They just played Clemson right before their holiday break, and they gave up 109 points on the road. Um, They've played Richmond earlier in the season. Richmond, a quality mid-major. They gave up 90 points. Appalachian State is a quality mid-major. They gave up 93 points. So uh, I do think this game could get ugly early. Um, And I think it will serve as a chance for John Shire to try and get some of those younger guys' time on the floor. Also, uh, get Tyrese Proctor out there and comfortable and get his legs underneath him. But I do think you bring up a good point, JJ. Is it going to be a game um, where the score is lopsided and John Shire keeps the starters out there just to build those valuable game reps, especially with Tyrese Proctor out there? Or does he want to try and um, bring the development of the younger players along? Um, again, it's a it's a reason why he gets paid the big bucks, and this is a decision he has to make.
0: And this is just something for us to talk about, right? I really wish we could have seen a little bit more of the younger guys, uh, but injuries and game situation and just where this team is at right now hasn't been the case. We mentioned somebody like Christian Reeves, but really, to your point, uh, who you just said a minute ago, I, I think we're really going to need to see a little bit more from T.J. Power and, and Sean Stewart at some point throughout the upcoming ACC play. And so maybe that can start this weekend uh, with a game like Queens.
1: Yeah, maybe it can. And it just feels like defensively they're not there. And that's one of the biggest reasons why they're not playing specifically with Sean Stewart. And um, when you, when we see Sean Stewart on the floor, he's an energizer bunny and it's like, why isn't this guy getting minutes? And TJ power, we've seen what he could do shooting the basketball. So um, Duke fans, certainly, certainly clamoring for those two guys to get on the floor, but um, It just feels like you have to earn your playing time and practice, and maybe they're not doing that right now.
0: Yeah, let's see what this team can do. Let's see how they can improve uh, because we've got this last non-conference game coming up against Queens. I want to get to some 2024 goals for this Duke basketball team in just a moment. But before we get there, the last thing we haven't really talked about, this is one of the longer breaks that Duke has had so far this season. We did see one a little bit earlier this month after the Georgia Tech game, you've got the final exam portion of the calendar, but 10 days going on between this Duke team. Fortunately, it's not the toughest opponent in the world in a 6-8 and eight Queens team that's going to be making their way over to Durham. But what are some of those concerns that one might have, Kevin, when we're looking at a Duke team that hasn't played in 10 days and is coming off a holiday break?
1: Yeah, it's just the rust. It's the rust and the energy um cameron I, i'm sure it'll be sold out but it won't be rocking like if the students were were sitting courtside as the cameron crazies um and, and it's just like that little days that i think everybody has right after the holidays where it's like i don't really know what day it is <laughs> i don't know what really i'm doing today did did i take a shower all that kind of stuff feeling sluggish
0: uh, yeah <laughs> yeah e-
1: exactly um so for, for duke um See if the the players are energized. I know they've been off for a couple of days here since the Baylor game, able to travel home for the holidays and be with some family. Um, But I think it is very good uh, scheduling wise for Duke and John Shire that they put in a game um, in between coming back on campus for practice and the start of ACC play against a team that they should have um, easy success against.
0: We'll take one more time out and then we'll wrap up our conversation after this here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Once again, thank you so much for your support here with Lockdown Blue Devils. We really do appreciate everything that you're doing, buying into the program. Another ask for you to please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be on Apple or Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google, all the places that you can go out and get your podcasts please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. And also make sure that you take the opportunity to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Watch the show daily each and every day. Your support just means so much to us here at Lockdown Blue Devils. Let's bring in once again Kevin Conley, who's the site expert for Ball Durham. As we wind down, we get set for this final conversation with some New Year goals for the Stook Basketball team. I would like the opportunity for you to plug balldurham.com. You're on last week. You're telling us about the new look. I'll be honest, Kevin, I checked it out. Absolutely love it. Although, like anything in life, it takes a little while to get used mm-hmm. to. Um, the layout kind of switched up on me, uh, like you had said last week. So, tell me more about the website.
1: Yeah. So, we got a brand new layout. Um, I agree with you. Even on my end, it takes some <laughs> use to getting looked to and looking at it, but um, it's still all the same content that you could find there. Duke basketball, um, Duke basketball recruiting, some NBA stuff, and then Duke football as well. You mentioned the bull win um, and then some other news and notes that are going on. With big the quarterback program. transferring yeah, to the big, program. Yeah. Big quarterback transferring over from Texas. So um, it's still all the same content, same uh, website, balldurham.com. just a little bit new, uh new layout over there. So, uh, Come give us a read. Hey, you could read us multiple times a day as well to try and get uh, as comfortable as possible with the new layout. But uh, it's definitely for the better. I think it makes for a little bit more of an enjoyable and easy reading experience.
0: Well, let's uh, let's dive right in. Let's talk a little bit more about some goals that the Duke team might have in twenty twenty four. As we're looking at it, this team obviously has conference play right around the horizon. The ultimate goal sights on six that sixth national championship coming their way. But if we look at it a more a game-by-game approach, like what should this Duke team be looking at, Kevin, as they go into the new year?
1: Game-by-game, well, game, <laughs> it's going to sound cliche. Just try to score more points than the other team, yeah. am, I, am I right? Um, and and I think that ultimately is where it starts, though, in points and scoring and offense. Um, I think you still want to see the, the progression from the offense. And um, in the beginning of the season, it was a lot of um, – Dribbling and watching. One guy dribbling, trying to create a screen being set, and then everyone else around the perimeter just watching the guy with the ball. Um, we saw some more offense being run and cutting and motion and all that stuff against Baylor. You want to see that continue um, in a game-by-game basis. Uh, it, it's tough with conference play. I, I don't know if – I think the ACC is a little bit better than they were last season, but I still don't think they're a, a top three conference right now in college basketball. I think um, you'd have to say – The Big 12 is up there. I think the Big East is certainly up there. And then I think you you can split hairs and people would probably give the nod to the Big 10 um, as the top three conferences right now in college basketball. So um, opportunity there for Duke to stack wins, but it's never easy going on the road in the ACC, no matter how um, much quality teams are out there in the conference this season.
0: I take a look at just some things for this Duke team to focus on in the new year as we open up conference play uh, and then look a little bit beyond that, Kevin. But as we've seen in previous years, a goal simply being try not to have kind of carryover effects game by game. Do your best to be present, take care of business in a game, but don't let that string over into other games. The second week in January, there will be one kind of random week break, In between, there's a Saturday game on the 13th, no midweek game, and then Duke plays again on Saturday, January 20th. Outside of that, though, Kevin, for the rest of the way, there is at least two basketball games every single week for this Duke team. And we see in some of those weeks, it's like a Saturday and turn it around and play again on Monday. So a lot Mm -hmm. of times for a quick turnaround, but I think a goal for this team, and, and tell me what your thoughts on this, but just not carrying over poor play that you might have, or a loss potentially, like, let's be honest, as awesome as it would be to go 19-1 and in the ACC this season, not very likely given the strength of the conference, uh, but to just not have things carry over.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest uh, carryover from last season was when Duke beat Carolina in Cameron and then went on the road and lost by 105 points at Miami. Uh, (laughs) You you definitely don't want that to happen Uh, and just take all the uh, positive momentum and positive energy out of out of the one win and just have it zapped out of you the next time. But, yeah, those turnarounds are definitely difficult in in ACC play with how the schedule works sometimes. And um, it's going to show how mentally tough this team is and it does get you ready for an NCAA tournament like setting because you have that one day in between the round of 64 and the round of 32 with the sweet 16 and the elite eight, the final four the national championship game. Um, So yeah, it does get you ready for the NCAA tournament. And um, you hope this team is able to put the pieces together like they did last year, coming down the stretch and uh, uh, find ways to advance in the NCAA tournament.
0: All right, let's move forward. 2024 goes beyond just March madness and beyond the tournament in April. Tell me a little early goal for Cooper Flagg in the incoming recruiting class. What do you think about uh, that bunch? That
1: That's that, that's a special bunch. Still could add one more player to that in V.J. Edgecombe out of Long Island Lutheran. Um, it's tough trying to pre- uh, determine what the team is going to be like next season, but um, when you have Cooper Flag on your roster um, and, and you watch him play at the high school level, there has to be one goal in mind, and, and that's to cut down the net's Um, wherever the final four is next season. But um, that recruiting class, it it could end up being um, maybe one of the best in college basketball history for being honest. I
0: think that's it. I mean, just look at some of the top recruiting classes that we've had over the last few seasons. A lot of times it just goes to three players. Like you'll have five or six man recruiting classes, but really it's the top two that make a big impact or top three. Mm -hmm. So uh, for that class, whether it be five or six players, to be one of the most prolific recruiting classes that Duke has seen in quite some time. I think that's a really fun goal. And then let's end with this one. Haven't we land the Boozer twins already setting our goals out there for the next recruiting class. I think that's kind of the next kind of big recruits that I really want there to be more positive momentum back towards this Duke program, bring them on home, keep it within the family. But that's a big one that I've got for Duke basketball in 2024.
1: Yeah, that, that's certainly a good goal. It's going to be a tough one, too. I think everyone just assume that Duke is the favorite because um, they're Carlos Boozer's son, uh, Duke legend in the Duke Hall of Fame. Um, but everything you read from uh, the two twins twins—that that they're taking their recruitment neutrally. They're going to schools. Um, they're viewing it as they are. Um, and at least publicly, they're not saying that um, – yeah, just because my family has this deep connection to Duke, we're automatically right. Blue Devils. Like um, independent
0: and, from their dad's playing careers. Very much it, so their it, own thing.
1: Exactly. And you, you see some insiders that say Duke is the favorite. See a couple others that say they think Miami could be the favorite because they currently live in Florida, go to Christopher Columbus High School, and that's right next uh, to Coral Gable. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, not sure when they could announce, but um, if it is at some point this season, we'll see. Uh, I feel like it might be – towards the end of the high school basketball season.
0: We'll see how it all plays out. And of course, we'll be following along, not only here on the podcast, but also uh, at balldurham.com. Kevin, it is a pleasure to see you. Thank you again for being on the show. Uh, And here's to many more conversations in 2024 between you and I, my friend.
1: Thanks, JJ. Happy New Year, my man.
0: All right, that's Kevin Conley joining us here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. And that's going to do it for our show here today. Thank you for your support. Once again, follow us on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.